You feel like what? It feels like uh, weirdly intimate, formal. Yeah, but it's gonna look way better. Okay. Um, I really actually like hate formal. So even with the intro stuff, like, um, I might just. Well, whatever. Um, okay, so. Podcasting, podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> this is suspending disbelief. I have my friend Trevor Dahl, who is an artist, a painter, a muralist, a designer, a sticker maker. Those are those are sick, by the way. Like yeah. the ones you did, I actually really Thanks. really like them. Yeah. start this conversation by something that I've been meaning to ask in all my podcasts, but I don't think I have, but what does suspending disbelief, um, like if you were to unpack what that means to you, well, yeah, what, what, <laughs> what is it? What does it mean? <laughs> what to, does it mean to me? Um, and also how have you seen it affect your life? Like, especially with growing up religious and, suspending disbelief at some point and if that makes sense like if it works in at all yeah with that timeline sure if you want to talk about it um yeah suspending disbelief um reminds me of something that i wrote the other day of like um the like realm of spiritual belief being like a playground or like um or like the concept that belief is an experiment and that um, I can like choose to believe something. Um, and it's not like such a committal thing. Like I just believe in something for fun mm. um, and see what happens to me internally, externally. Um, and it's like science yeah and it's just kind of like creating like a more fun way of living i think of like i can go out throughout my life like believing in in things but then like kind of like compartmentalizing that like i can get more rational if i need to or if it's like yeah required of me or something um but I prefer to like stay in like fairyland where yeah. like you know I can believe in all sorts of fun things you know Bigfoot and aliens and um, Jesus and you know whatever. <laughs> yeah, well, it kind of reminds me just real quick of like uh, the alchemical container that we've talked about in the past. But for the listeners, like the the idea of having a glass container that if there's too much heat added to it or too much rigidity that it will shatter versus like a rubber container or a, like a, a elastic container that you can bend and morph and apply tons of heat or, um, you know, squish or the, the pressure can really build up um, and you can sort of 
do riskier things alchemically uh, without risking the container. Or if we think of that in context of the psyche, it's like holding and playing with... A, if, we're, if, we're, or if our psyche is a glass container, holding like a belief that might play out to have a negative effect in your life, if you don't have a more elastic container that could like shatter you it could be very uncomfortable it could very yeah. much uh it could cause neurosis or you know all sorts of depression anxiety whatever but so like what you're talking about to me sounds like you're really working with a, an elastic container for belief yeah yeah and a thing to add is like not only having a belief that may be negative in the long term um but also like holding paradox and beliefs that aren't like jiving so well together i guess or um like you're saying being rational when you need to be rational and having somewhat non-rational beliefs at the same time yeah or like um just picking and choosing from religions or, you know, ideas that I think are interesting or maybe helpful or, um, and kind of like, yeah, just cooking up a pot of stew. I'm like, I put some of this, some of this, let's put in some of this, uh, see what happens, you know? Yeah. Do you think, so kind of segueing into more of your arts, uh, do you feel that your art has influenced that? stew of belief or vice versa or is it kind of like the belief system that you built has kind of influenced your um hmm that's i know what you're asking me and that's like a pretty interesting question that i've actually never thought about because i think it's it's both um it's like the chicken and the egg because going back to the other question of like growing up religious and being like pretty rigid or like having this like rigidity forced upon me like this is what you must believe and everything else is um incorrect mm-hmm. and uh and you know I drew a lot as a kid but it was not so imaginative um I wasn't exactly tapped into my imagination like I would I would draw, I would, like, replicate, like, a, a picture, mm-hmm. you know. Realism like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Try to draw things that I liked or or whatever um, as accurately as possible. And uh, when it came to, like, I felt, like, lacking in myself that I, I would try to not do it. And I'd be like, I can't think of anything. <laughs> and, uh, and that's so funny because I'm, like, uh, so far from that now. And I think like transitioning out of like a dogmatic religion, um, into whatever I am now, it's like free form thing, like allowed me, like I kind of just learned to be more free psychically, I guess, or something. Mm -hmm. Um, in my mind and so hmm. so I kind of like in my art I just draw like whatever comes to me and 
and then what comes to me seems like it's coming, you know, from outside of me. And then, and then I can kind of load those images with belief also and like kind of supercharge these things to myself. Like some of the things I draw over and over again, like have a lot of meaning for me. Right. And it's kind of like the same thing that I'm doing with religious symbols and, and stuff. Yeah. So unless you got more, I want to try to no, go for it. Yeah. So what I think I just heard you say is something like um, the rigidity of like a imposed belief system, like growing up fundamentally religious or whatever. Um, it sounds like, and I'm, I'm saying it this way because this is, I think, my experience. When, as you were saying, I was like, oh, I actually experienced a very similar thing where I could not create, could not create, could not create. But there's like this... Let's see if I can figure this out. There's that imposed structure that they put you in a box of belief and it's like anything outside of this box is essentially the devil. <laughs> like you can't, you can't go explore this. Um, if you start to doubt, then um, that's the devil or whatever. And nip, it, nip it in the bud. It, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so for me, I was very much so open to creativity when I started to be like oh this box isn't real and that like I'm trying to draw the parallel because I experienced a very similar thing when I stopped trying to fit into a religious box my I felt psychically free and I became very creative yeah um so I guess like to sum up my question or whatever or the summary of what you I think you said is it's almost like to be creatively free, you almost have to um, explore psychically, theologically. Uh, may maybe. I don't know. Like, I think creative freedom would look different to other to different people, you know? Um, yeah. Like, my approach to art and creativity is, like, totally not the same as most people I know at least that are artists like um, some people to some to like maybe some degree but um, yeah I don't know if it's like a requirement it's just like an interesting thing that is like a part of my life yeah and I guess yours as well yeah and I'm curious I think maybe an easier way to think of it I bet there's, I bet there's a correlation between like high in openness and creativity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I also, it's fun to hear you say it cause I've never heard you talk about that, but yeah, with like the piano and everything, I did not start writing until, um, until I sort of like didn't know what was true anymore. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I'm like thinking about the uh, the first time I made a painting or like second time because when I was like 21 or 20 or something my mom bought me like a paint set 
and I did like a tutorial on YouTube. I painted like a vase. Uh-huh. And that was it, your first time? Yeah. Mm. Uh, you know, I had drawn and stuff and done like art classes in high school and stuff, yeah. but never painting. It was always drawing. And so I was, yeah, kind of like mixing colors and painting this vase. And, um, and I just painted it and it was like, you know, whatever. I'll, that was fun. And then I just put the paints away for, for like maybe a year. Never thought about it. And then one day, um, I was feeling really creatively blocked at the time with my music and just kind of like lost about what I was doing with my life and everything. And uh, yeah, I did this like mushroom trip and with my best friend and roommate at the time and we just painted all night. And, and it was like this burst of like creative energy because just sitting there and just free painting, not ever like planning or drawing and just kind of like, like you can see it. Um, what I would do is like paint something and then like turn it around and then like what do I see now and then like start yeah, like working it more kind of and then just keep turning it yeah. and you can see like this progression of like earlier in the trip it's like totally abstract and then it gets more like um representational I guess yeah <laughs> and uh cool. yeah it was it was such a cool experience because like the next day I was like wow that was so fun like I mean you just do it again and then I painted every day for like months <laughs> doing the same thing, just kind of like painting without um, intention and just like painting over the, the canvas like over and over again and just kind of like just fun. I yeah. Don't know. And, uh, and I enjoyed it so much and was so consistent about it. I was like, oh, this is what I should do. And then I like went to study it and stuff, you know? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So it was kind of like this light bulb that... Um, it kind of turned on for me with, I guess, thank you to mushrooms maybe, but it was also, yeah, just like this buildup of creative block and stuff, you know? Yeah. Well, it was fun cause I wrote down creative, creative block cause you had said something earlier about how you don't struggle at all with that inability to like come up with new ideas when you're drawing and painting mm -hmm. like that you did when you were younger, right? And I was curious, like, um, for anyone listening that is a creative and struggles with that aspect of, like, opening up and allowing those images to come through, is there a ritual you do or, uh, like, what is it that you do, at least do you suspect, that influences that openness for those new ideas to constantly become? Yeah, good question. Um... Yeah, like sometimes you have an idea and you make it happen. Um, or sometimes you just see something beautiful that you want to try and paint or whatever and you just do it and that's like very straightforward, right? But like sometimes you don't have inspiration and you just kind of like, like for me, I'll be like, I know I want to draw and like... Um, I would like to be drawing consistently, but I don't have anything coming to me right now. So one thing I figured out like a while ago, many years ago, was um, 
to get like Sharpies and I would get these huge pieces of paper and just, um, the second I have like an impulse to make a mark or like a, or like, you know, you're staring at this thing and like waiting for images to like, our ideas to come to you, I guess. And then the second you have like anything, just like start going for it. And it's like, um, it's kind of a trip because you go through like all these cycles of like regret you know, or something like yeah, you're like yeah. drawing and you're like, no, you know, this isn't <laughs> what I want to do, yeah. but because you can't erase it, um, I kind of like forced myself to like see it through uh -huh. and like kind of, if I get bored with where it's going, just like do something else random. And it's kind of like this, um, feeling of like a uh, dog chasing its tail and like always so close to getting it where you're just kind of like drawing random shit and like not letting yourself think like try to just act before yeah. a thought right and then if you do that for like you know a couple hours just moving on from the, the drawing whenever it feels like you just want to restart, you know, because uh -huh. you have this huge paper, just try to just see what happens. And then, um, eventually you have this huge piece of paper that has all this crazy stuff on it that you would never have thought of. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, uh, for me, like, it's like a look into my inside world. Cause I'll be like, starting to put meaning onto it and like what it, why am i drawing these things who, who do these creatures represent because it's a lot of animals and creatures for yeah, me usually yeah. and like sometimes it's like you know garbage and like things that like just horrible that i would never share and sometimes <laughs> it's like beautiful like ideas or like something that has like this symbolic like um richness or something and mm -hmm. and then from there, I'll get, like, so much inspiration. I'll, like, pick my favorites, and I'll be like, okay, now I have, like, painting. I, I have ideas for paintings that will last me for, like, months. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, usually the things that I'm painting, like, I, 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 I doodled them earlier that year or even, like, years ago because that's another thing is if I, like, finish painting and I don't have a good idea yet, I'll just go look at my pages and pages of doodles that I have now and just pick one that hasn't been done yet. Yeah, so uh, do you doodle more when you feel you don't have inspiration? Is it like... Uh, I don't know. Sometimes I'll just be in a phase where I do have a lot of inspiration because sometimes this, this like exercise is hard mm -hmm. and sometimes it's not and sometimes it's the only thing I want to do. Um... So I kind of just go with the flow, you know, and like if it's too hard, if it's like, I don't know, if I'm not enjoying it, then I'll just go paint one of the ideas I already thought of, you know, because I'll go like months of not doing this doodle thing. Mm -hmm. um, but I know I can always like go back to that. And then it's also something like you do it one day and it's like you feels really rusty and clunky and like the channel is clogged. Yeah. But like. They keep doing it like daily. 
and then after a couple of days you can like get into the flow pretty easily yeah so i w- i wanted to mention i've been talking a lot about impulses in my life in general and i really dig the the dog chasing the tail like the idea of staying ahead of the thinking rational mind almost and yeah. staying in those impulses and that is an awesome exercise i think to like just move and get into action before allowing speculation and and uh prediction or right, like yeah. you know or just trying to control it or something it feels like um like surfing or something you know mm. where like it's um you're kind of riding this creative wave and yeah and you have to steer it a little bit but mostly it's like pushing you yeah I think of the chariot card a little bit when I... Huh. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, it's a good metaphor for, like, how to live your life, I guess. Um, Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, Yeah, because then it's like, this is what I've been... I've been very interested in this concept because you have all sorts of different types of impulses that are coming from different places. So, like some of the body's impulses might not be, or like some of the shadow's impulses might not be mm. best acted on in a moment, you know? Um, right, and like, if you live your life without, if, if like, actively like, ignoring the idea of a consequence. Right. Of like, no, I'm not gonna <laughs> think you're about a that psychopath. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> that's probably a recipe for disaster. Yeah, you know, yeah, but, yeah. Well, and that's what I, like, I'm so curious about the, healing process of deciphering between impulses Hmm. so like for me moving from like alcoholism into where i am now over the course of four years it's like one of the main things i've been able that has been healed in me or is healing continuing to get better and better is my ability to decipher between like um impulses that are coming from a destructive or i would say like Impulses that close doors versus impulses that open doors. Um, Hmm. Like I'm quicker and quicker at deciphering, oh, this is a closing door impulse that I'm going to um, find a better way to express that energy, you know, than do something that's going to make my life smaller. Um, But I don't know why. Oh, yeah, I think that's just fascinating. Yeah, I've never thought about it in those like terms. like closed and open doors yeah so it's kind of interesting um yeah I guess um if like you're a person that's gripped with anxiety or social anxiety or something something like this would be good to exercise like it is a muscle yeah and um something that I've like done a lot of work with and I think the drawing thing helps um, of just like silencing that um, justice consequence yeah um, silencing that at least temporarily you know it's like not right now we're not gonna think about that we're not gonna think right now we're just gonna act and like um, trust our instincts and our yeah. impulse, you know. 
Uh, what I just thought of is that you have an opportunity after justice sweeps through, karma balances back out, you have to deal with the consequences of your action, that you have the opportunity in that moment to reevaluate your original decision or original impulse. And so you can slowly... So it's like only through the course of following your impulses can you actually fine-tune... Um, like your gauge of what type of impulse it is. So as in when we were talking about like, maybe it's not best just to follow all your impulses, but I think there is an aspect of like following them, even if there's going to be some negative consequences. And this is what we probably do a lot as young kids, right? Like yeah. through the development of like, I don't know, I would even say like three years old till you're 25 you do a lot of sure. following impulses, having negative consequences and reevaluating yeah. and reestablishing, but yeah. Yeah, and like with the drawing exercise, you, after you filled the, filled the page, you look back and yeah. analyze it and decide what is good and what's bad. And it's not like you did something wrong if it's bad. Yeah, I uh, bet sometimes the weirder ones tend to draw more attention and find more meaning sometimes like the ones that you didn't expect yeah. more yeah. yeah yeah and like and also you, you usually have to like rework them like it, it captures like a concept and then I'll like usually draw it a few more times yeah um, with a pencil and not a marker to kind of create a better composition or just explore it further yeah um, so to try to keep the metaphor alive for life. Um, I don't know if I can, actually. I was going to say, yeah. you could reiterate. Like, you slowly make... Um, it's kind of like with dating. It's like, you keep dating and, like, keep failing, or you keep not succeeding in some weird sense. But in reality, like, you're slowly becoming more and more aware of yourself and becoming more and more of a whole person. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost like you're the drawing yourself and every hmm. consequence helps you shape and align more and more with your true self or whatever. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's pretty sick. <laughs> you're the drawing. And, uh, and God keeps fucking up. <laughs> trying to draw you uh, or me, I don't know um, oh no I love that that's funny uh, yeah that's cool like you're like the you are the drawer and the drawing and you keep throwing yourself at situations and seeing what happens and uh, I don't know I think that following your impulses in like a social situation is like maybe it's just me but like it's not too hard to know what would be like too far i guess yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. um yeah you have to be you know like, you know if you're like oh this would be me being brave or this would be me being a total ass yeah you're a creep yeah exactly yeah. um and that's like purely contextual probably <laughs> yeah, well, that's an interesting concept, too, because, yeah, that completely has everything to do with your perception of social standards and 
Um, and, and like who you're with and what the precedent is. Like there's certain friends that I would do yeah, wild out a little bit. Yeah. Somewhere. Like that I would behave in ways that I would, would never, you know, do in other relationships or whatever, you yeah. know, anyone's probably feel the same way, but yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Cool. Um, I, uh, Oh yeah, I wanted to talk about something that I thought was really fucking cool is that I kind of got to experience what we were just talking about about like the initial sketch and then the reiteration and then like it kind of fine tuning. I got to participate with you on my dream image from my active imagination. Oh yeah. Where I had a dream about a two-headed snake that I in the dream it bit me. But then in my active imagination with my therapist, I let go of the snake. It, wad- it, it, or it waddles. It <laughs> That's <laughs> a funny drawing. <laughs> <laughs> it slithers away, and, and I start following it, and it, I follow it into a, uh, a dark room, and I see a pair of eyes, and then this, as my eyes adjust, there's this troll who is sitting around a pot of stew, and I was trying to explain it to Trevor, and he was helping me like draw because I was like, I want to draw something that I could like tattoo or something, and um, and so I kind of like got to pass that image onto you, mm-hmm. and then we like drew it like five or six times, and then I didn't even like know. a symbol though, like a logo, almost right. like geometric, and I was kind of just helping you with the the shapes and creating like a more balanced um, symbol, symbol and composition. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but then yeah, you just sh- when you got here today showed me, um, what would I, I would consider like be a like a finish, not finish, but like a a piece. Yeah, yeah. It was it was. Um, I think I started it yesterday or in a couple of days ago, and. I was thinking about what we had talked about this weekend about like um not being afraid to draw things that are a little darker. Yeah. Um because usually my art has like a lot of positive energy and um there's certain things that like images that would be darker, I guess. And so you want to like I want to draw these things without um, fear of consequence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but anyway, so I was doing that. I was kind of like trying to draw. Like usually, it starts with a face for me, like eyes and teeth and stuff. Mm-hmm. At least lately, um, I started drawing this face, and then it just kind of like became the goblin with the cauldron and stuff. And I just saw it in my mind. Um, and once I realized that I was drawing like your dream, I was kind of excited. Yeah. I've never done that before. Yeah. Um, well, it feels like this weird psychic. Yeah, it like, does. Yeah. Connection in a weird way. For sure. Like a, not a synchronicity, but like in a similar weird way. It's I'm ex- like yeah, the image in my brain. Is being translated to you and then drawn. It's very strange. Yeah. Yeah. 
super fucking psyched about it honestly i feel <laughs> cool. like honored yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah that'll be a cool one i think um do you feel weird talking about the like origins of a piece as in like is no. there set a part of the mystery that you like keeping mysterious for your art in general uh, no i kind of i like talking about them um because i feel like um I'm not so good at like communicating the concept that made me do it in the first place. Excuse me. Um, like I'll uh, I'll draw this thing and I'll either have meaning beforehand or I'll create all this meaning after I drew it, and then you know other people see it and they put their own meaning onto it, which is great. Um, but if someone like starts asking me questions, like I'll probably talk their ear off. (laughs) And, uh, and I've also, I've often wondered about like, is it better to not talk about it? Um, so people can have their own like freedom of interpretation or, um, or if I talk about it, does it make a piece more meaningful to someone? Because, you know, if I draw like a lizard on top of a lizard on top of a an eagle, have you actually drawn that? Yeah. Or sorry, lizard, lizard, eagle on top. <laughs> yeah, that's one of my pieces. The big lizard. I don't know if you've seen it. I probably have. Um, like the three characters like represent like things to me, like internal states or like actually people in my life or whatever. Yeah. And uh, some some people might see that, and I don't know. I don't know what people think about when they see my art, but uh, I would be surprised if it's what I think. <laughs> you know, just naturally. I, yeah, that um, lizard reminds me of the darkest, shadowy parts of my psyche. <laughs> well, that's so because like I've I've thought about this a lot with my art and my music. Oh, like I. I tend to connect more with art if I have a glimpse at, it's like, I don't want to know what it means, quote unquote, but I want you to point me in a direction that then not all possibilities are possible. So then I kind of, all of a sudden I'm like, oh, well, I can kind of see something here. Um, And so I guess it, like, I'm sure from person to person, you're going to get a hundred different answers. Like some people probably really like connecting through the artist to the art. Some people probably want nothing to do with you. Right. Just let me look at the art. Shut up. Um, and then there's probably people like me who want the little bit. Yeah. And that's probably the best way. It's down the middle, the middle way. Yeah. Yeah. Usually is. Um, and I think you could do that with just naming your pieces Mm. really good. Uh, like the right name can change totally what you think about something, right? So, yeah. Um, sometimes I do that good and well. Sometimes I don't. Um, good and well. <laughs> How do you portray the name of a painting, like, not in a gallery? As in, like, when someone buys it, they're, they're, the name is gone almost, in a sense, unless it's written on the back. Yeah, I guess so. Um, 
I never write them on the back. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Because, like, a song always will have a title. Yeah, that's... Maybe I should... I mean, I know that some artists will, like, put a little, like, certificate of authenticity in their paintings. Yeah, um, like we were looking at Hayden's yeah, stamp. Yeah, he's got a cool little stamp. And yeah. uh, and I guess that would be a good place to put the name mm. and maybe, like, the date and maybe even the medium. Um but yeah, typically it's just like either on the caption on Instagram or in the little like name card that you hang next to it, you know, in a, in a gallery or something. Yeah. But yeah, maybe that's a good idea. That'd be interesting. Uh, anyway, I'm going to segue. Uh, okay. I don't even know how long we've been going. Um, yeah, me either. I want to hurry in. Make sure we're still good. Um, uh, 36 minutes. Okay. So, I want to know more about your plans, your future, your um, ideals, goals. Hmm. Um, what is it you're doing right now to, like, yeah, what is your next two months? What are you trying to do hmm. right now? Cool. Um... I like hesitate to share future plans. Yeah, because in case they don't happen or something. Well, or change. Sure, I mean, like plans change all the time, but um, the idea that like when you talk about your future, that you like release dopamine and you like reward yeah, yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. without actually doing it. Yeah. Um, I think I suffered from that a lot when I was younger. I did too. Um, so, but yeah, so the next you two also months, have to make it real. In a sense, that talking about it could also make it feel more real. Yeah. And have yeah, more definitely. Pressure. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, you, you're now accountable. Yeah. Yeah, which is good. Yeah. Um, well, the next two months, so I just um, started renting a studio space at the Boxcar. It's official? Yeah, I paid for this month. Nice. I'll move in next week. Oh, yeah, I did. Uh, so that's really exciting because uh, I've never paid for an art studio, and um, and uh, yeah, I think it's gonna be sick. Like, it's a really cool space. There's a lot of cool artists there that I'm excited to like meet. And um, sounds like we're all interested in like transforming what the boxcar is, which is um, this like warehouse art space in Salt Lake City, like, near, just downtown, I guess. Um, and it's kind of, like, in this reboot phase, and I think that we're all going to, like, chip in and collaborate on, like, what it becomes, which is really exciting because um, it's kind of aligning with exactly what I decided a couple weeks ago, which is to, instead of move to another city, stay in Salt Lake and... and invest more energy into like community building and networking and just being more like 
uh, extroverted, I guess. Um, yeah, it's funny asking you these questions because we were together for a whole week and yeah. talked about this stuff. But like, yeah. I want people to hear your thoughts on staying er, like first of all what the condition of salt lake's art scene is and like and we'll get back to what you're doing um but i want a little segue yeah well i don't i don't know how qualified i am to talk about salt lake's art scene because i've felt like an outsider to it most of the time i've been here but that that's the scene dude Maybe, maybe there's a. <laughs> I felt like that my whole life too. <laughs> maybe there's a scene out there that I'm not like a privy to, but um, I think everyone just feels like they're on the outside, and then there's nothing in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that would be like I don't know what's worse. <laughs> yeah, that's probably worse. Yeah, yeah. that's probably worse. Um, that's funny. Yeah, I think that. Uh, well, regardless of if there was or if there wasn't. Uh, hasn't been one. It's like obvious that Salt Lake's grown a lot. Um, and everyone feels that. And I've been here uh, and seen it grow over the last you know, few years, like dramatically. You've been here for like eight years. Yeah. yeah. Which is nothing compared to you, but that's the longest I've ever stayed in one spot. Well, you've been here more consistently in the last eight years and seen that growth more than me probably. Yeah. Because I was bouncing around to New York and stuff. But Yeah. So so it's grown a lot, and I think that there's a huge demand for an art scene. And, um, and I think that... I think COVID plays into it too, right? Because all these people moved here kind of during COVID and because of COVID... Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have all these people here from the East Coast or from California and they're like, you know, like, what, what is there to do? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. exactly. And, uh, and so as I've been thinking about this a lot of kind of like, oh yeah, there's like a, there's a demand for more art and music and cool nightclubs and stuff like that. Um, techno clubs. Yeah. Uh, I'm seeing it happen, like in the last couple of weeks, even. Like, I can see there's new venues, there's new galleries. Oh, yeah, we got to go check out that one next to Pi. The Pi Hole, yeah. The Pie Hole, yeah. It's called International. Yeah. And I keep seeing their stuff on social Wasn't media. Wasn't there something? It's like five days a week, they have free music. Oh, it's like all the time. Yeah, but Thursday, there's like a minimal techno. We got to go to that. For sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm stoked, yeah. Cool. Uh, that sounds interesting. Um, so, they called it the Dance Ritual. Which is right up my alley. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Sure. Me too. Um, Sounds like we're gonna get weird. Yeah, I hope so. so. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah. So I think that. Uh, yeah, it's like the, you're, we're. I think we're gonna see the art scene like blossom, in the next year or two, um, assuming things keep going in this trajectory. And so, yeah, I think that being here at this time as an artist and as an artist that's like enjoys being social and and networking and hosting events and creating things, you know, it's like a really good time to be here. And, Dude, that's uh, a blessing to be an artist who likes people and likes. I know, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, and uh, I feel really lucky to like be that kind of person. Yeah. But it's also 
um, I have not been that person. Yeah, you've created this yeah. person. Or, yeah, totally. Yeah, because... Yeah. Did a you, lot of work. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was, like, way more reserved and shy and introverted and... Um, Even just when I met you two years ago. Yeah. You were much more analytical and, like... Mm. Or at least you presented that way. Yeah, and that's also the role that I was in at the job that we met at. Yeah. Um, doing, like, more design stuff. Um, but, yeah, that's... It's been a journey, for sure, to, like, be this comfortable in my own skin, you yeah. know? Um, Would you have any tips for people who are trying to get more comfortable in their skin and in networking and whatnot? Like, anything that pops into your head? Uh, yeah. The... Yeah, a few things that worked for me was... Um, exercising like um doing like physically strenuous things is like probably one of the best things to help with anxiety i hate to hear it yeah like <laughs> i i went to the gym before this because i was thinking i would get nervous yeah and uh and so i was like i gotta make sure i go like <laughs> rage lift uh <laughs> expend all that excess energy yeah. so it doesn't bombard you or uh what's the word i was looking for turn In, against you infiltrate yeah yeah, yeah and it, i felt great when i got over here um but yeah that's huge i think and it doesn't have to be lifting it just has to be something that's like hard where you're like pushing up against your limit you know and then um and then something that clicked for me a long time ago was um kind of like I had a lot of social anxiety and especially with dating and stuff, but, um, just in general, um, I kind of realized that, uh, well, at the time I was really interested in like, um, the symbol of Christ and I mean, people might have noticed if they knew me back then I had like crucifixes everywhere and like all this like you know Jesus stuff I, was like, <laughs> yeah, I love that <laughs> yeah I was like praying a lot I was getting really into it and um, and just the the idea of like selflessness and well what sealed the deal for me was I was like thinking about Jesus and what it means especially to me now that I'm like creating my own relationship to that symbol outside of religion and outside of my childhood with right. like people telling you what Jesus is, you know? So yeah. I'm kind of like, based on what I know, like what does he mean to me? It, he, whatever, I don't know. Probably better to say Christ. Sure. Um, than Jesus. But anyway, I was in this date, I was sitting in my house and this like, person over that I hardly knew and uh, I was super anxious and I realized I was like oh I'm being like so selfish right now like I'm only thinking about myself mm. and how I feel and how awkward this is <laughs> and how I don't want to mess up this interaction and how I don't want to be rejected or whatever yeah and I was like it's totally like a fear mentality because I'm like hyper focused on my own experience and I was like what would Jesus do <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he was like Jesus would like 
put on a smile and like be entertaining, you know, or like provide like you want some wine <laughs> yeah, or like or just like provide like a comfortable vibe you know instead yeah. of just being like you could feel the tension you know when yeah. you're when you have anxiety and it's like people can feel that for sure you know yeah. and uh and so i don't know it just allowed me to like chill the fuck out and and relax and like start asking this person kind of about them and open them up to like a more comfortable place. Yeah. And I f- totally forgot about my experience and was like focused on this person's experience. Right. And, um, and after the date was over, you know, ultimately it didn't go anywhere, but I, that was like so valuable to me of like, I just totally shut off my anxiety in that moment. Mm. And, uh, and so, yeah, I don't know. That has done wonders for me. Uh, now it's like habitual, but, um, yeah, it's so cool to re-interface with the mythology or the stories of Christ and Jesus in a non-dogmatic or non-religious structure Yeah, where you're like, oh no, no, like what would Jesus do as in like, if I play through this scenario and I replace the, the symbol and the myth of Jesus into the situation like really what would he do and it's like right he would be like you're a prostitute cool like <laughs> tell me how your life is you know like yeah. i don't know it would just be very um or just beneficial. like yeah it's like cracking jokes or something yeah. you know just right like, just like i don't care who you are like yeah i'm glad you're here right yeah exactly yeah yeah like just letting someone feel seen and present and valued and you know um so and getting out of your own experience and into somebody else's experience yeah that's the big thing is like once i realized that i was being selfish i was like it was just a game changer for me and uh so yeah jesus healed my anxiety (laughs) he cured me i love it because it's like simultaneously ridiculous and true yeah for sure (laughs) uh Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I want to go more meta on that conversation because okay, I, sure. I think it's really interesting how uncomfortable it can be to talk about some of these types of things in normal life, where yeah. you know, especially in a religiously charged city, Place, yeah, yeah sure. where there's people that you say the word Jesus and they're going to be like, "We've got an idiot on our hands." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Man. Um, yeah. And so, people don't have the time or. Maybe it's the their baggage brings up a lot of red flags or yeah. brick walls that mm-hmm. they're not even really ready to uh, consider that you could re-interface with a symbol like Christ. Yeah, and I'm sure that a lot of people have had their own journeys with like social anxiety that don't involve Jesus, Jesus right? <laughs> like, but but for, well, here's an example. Actually, I was going to bring it up, and I didn't think it was relevant, but now it is. Where I had a very similar experience on a subway cart, where I was like, everyone's looking at me, like, what does everyone think about me? Like, um, I just I knew everyone was paying attention to me, and then I had this thought where I was like, everyone on this train is like me. They're all thinking about themselves. No one knows I'm here. Hmm. Um, and in that moment, all of a sudden, I was like looking at everyone individually and seeing like, what are their, what's their experience? What's their experience? What's their experience? But it was this moment where I no longer felt anxiety on the subways because I stopped 
thinking that everyone was like I was so full of myself that I thought for sure everyone was thinking about me. Yeah, that's funny. Like I was a very self-centered person for a lot of years. Yeah, I, w- I will be the first to admit. Um, but that was like one of the first experiences where I was like, "Oh, my suffering comes from my self-centeredness." Huh. Yeah. Um, but I, there was no thought of Jesus in that experience. But it's the yeah. same experience almost, right? Yeah. Kinda yeah. Like um, whatever can pull you out of yourself, you know into something bigger like well, the, not, the room or the world or whatever yeah and i was thinking at the time a lot about like but what, what a higher power mm. or like uh, something greater than me looked like and so i was thinking a lot about um like the human race yeah you know yeah yeah um yeah for whatever reason i just have like a knack or a interest in my brain just goes to like symbols. Yeah, and I mean, so. having an upbringing, like I'm sure if you grew up pagan, you would, and then had to kind of restart your relationship with symbols and um, and your inner world and these archetypes and stuff like that, you'd probably lean towards pagan symbolism. Similarly, yeah, that probably. like Christian or uh, someone that brought up Christian is going to lean towards those Christian. It's almost that I think of it as almost like they're like those religious or like even atheism, religion, whatever science, whatever structure you use as a child or your parents use sort of creates like a blueprint or like a frame of a house, like uh, for your psyche though. So Mm -hmm. it's like we, it's, almost like you can't actually go back and tear it out um, yeah. because it was used for the foundation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. like coming out of Christianity, like a lot of people do this and I did this of like getting really interested in Eastern stuff and like I read a lot about Hinduism and Buddhism and, and the imagery is amazing, right? Like, um, and the stories are really cool and finding the parallels and stuff. But eventually, yeah, I just kind of realized that the biblical stories were more fun for me because I had more context and more understanding. Like I know, and I know the stories, you know, like when someone tells me like a Hindu story, I'm like enthralled because, you know, I don't know, the stories, but when I read like a Christian story, uh, it's just deeper. Well, you have the context of like, like I was just reading Greek, some Greek mythology, and it's like um, Uranus and Gaia had Kronos, and Kronos killed or cut off his father's genitals and then had Zeus and yeah, all the gods. but then like yeah. tried to swallow them all. Yeah. And, but so the, in context of like, if someone's just telling me about Poseidon, I don't really have the context of him, his father and his brother Zeus and like all these different things. Yeah. But if you were like raised with that mythology and stuff, one little story about Poseidon would be connected through all of these different yeah. myths. Uh-huh. Similarly, you talk about Cain and Abel and, I see the timeline up to them and, and after them and like there's context and layers and right. all of that different yeah. stuff that you don't have with, for me, I don't 
if someone tells me some random story from even Buddha's story, I'm not quite sure where, you know, it fits yeah. in and yeah, yeah. Yeah, the grand scheme of thing. Yeah, and just like Western media, it's like, and the movies that we grew up watching, like everything's just connected to Christianity, Christianity yeah. and like, you know, the medieval myths and like the King Arthur stuff and yeah, all of that. Yeah. So, um, and I just like, strikes a deeper level i guess like the western imagery and myths um yeah and like christian influence stuff so um but i still use both um you mean both west and east yeah 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 definitely i like eastern practice practices more than western practices like chanting and meditation um, like, like breathing meditation or like, yeah, like Zen meditation, you know, like sitting. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I can think of in Christianity is like praying and like, I guess they do mantra as well, but I don't know all the same place just different symbols yeah i actually prefer like because i like chant mantra stuff but like i always do like the eastern ones yeah and i don't like the western ones because i know what they mean yeah you know well uh, that's actually interesting because one of the uh fascinating aspects of getting sober using the 12 steps of aa was having to sever my <coughs> sorry <coughs> sever my definition or yeah my pre-suppositions or what it like the word faith for instance i had to sever my understanding of that word and rebuild a relationship with it yeah um in a similar way like i started to say the um god grant me the serenity prayer um and it meant something very specific when i first started saying it but then i like through the ritual of saying it so much, I distanced myself and it almost meant nothing. Oh. And then I was able to like, and I just kept saying it hmm. and all of a sudden it started to create, um, or like I started to create new meaning for it. Every time I said it, it was evolving. Yeah. That's how I feel about mantras. Mantra. Yeah. In yeah. general. And so it probably just takes more work to get to that empty spot because you know, the yeah, you know the words and you yeah. have to forget them. That's probably correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had the same thing with, with faith. Um, I don't know if, in my Mormon upbringing, the word faith meant something totally different than what I use the word faith for now. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Like, when I was a kid, I, I didn't understand it. And the one thing I always heard was like, oh, we have faith that the sun will rise tomorrow. Yeah, I, heard that I was too. just like, yeah, of course it will. You know, it has all the time. Like, that's not really hard to believe. It's like, um, statistically, like, <laughs> yeah, very far. probable, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so, I didn't totally get it. And then <laughs> you're just like this little brainy boy. Like, yeah, I mean, it makes sense <laughs> to me. Uh, that's funny. Um, Faith is like a little seed. If planted, it will grow. It also reminded me of brainwash, but... 
Yeah, there's a lot of talk about like holding on to your faith um, and like clinging to it. Yeah, I thought of like questioning your faith as kind of like this satanic or like uh, like there's a quote that's like doubt uh, I can't remember I tried to forget them all so I have Mm -hmm. but I don't know either yeah there's something about like don't doubt your faith um, over some other thing and I can't remember what it is so Mm -hmm. I'm sorry Um, well for me it's kind of like with belief, like faith is a is a choice, uh-huh. and when someone says like cling to your faith, like that's not the best verb to me. Um, but I actually have been at parts in my life where I was so on the brink of like depression and nihilism and just like darkness that like I did have to cling to mm-hmm. my faith which was basically just like optimism <laughs> you know and just like this means something like Ooh. I'm here for a reason and like I don't know what that is but I mean I just cling to that idea so I can like survive right this like fucked up time in my life yeah well and I think of faith now a lot as like a parallel to bravery or courage which is not the absence of fear but the but showing up in fear yeah so like faith is showing up with doubt hmm yeah I like that yeah um sure yeah like you always have doubt and to like ignore that would be uh repression total repression yeah Yeah. so like um yeah I don't know like without Like, just trusting that everything will work out and that it, things will be okay and that you can get as crazy as you want with this. That God is, you know, predestined our lives and fate is this important thing and everything happens for a reason and it's like, you could go as far as that. We've um, had discussions about fate and destiny. Yeah, and it, or it could just be like, just a subtle belief that the universe trends good in 51 percent or something yeah yeah yeah. like i have no proof for that but like my life is much better if i (laughs) choose to believe that you know yeah 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 yeah. and uh that's actually an interesting idea it's like 51 to 49 yeah i mean it's probably even closer than that you know yeah 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 50.1 yeah yeah, just the fact that it's a choice and that um, you got to put your faith pants on every day when you wake up. Yeah. Or else you're going to spiral. Th- yeah, I used to look down on people so much who thought like that. And I used to look down. Yeah, me too. It feels like um, small-mindedness or like ignorance mm-hmm. or, uh, or na- naivety. Naivety, yeah. yeah. So like... And now I live my entire life on the basis that my path is being laid out in front of me by some greater purpose. Sure, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's true or not doesn't matter. Uh -uh, Uh-uh, because my life has been opening up to me. The doors continue to open up the more I think that way. 
Yeah. And that's kind of like using the scientific method with belief and if it works, it works. Just keep right. doing it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to distance yourself from what you are believing in necessarily. Well, this sounds terrible. This sounds like a cult. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll just go ahead and stop right there. Okay. <laughs> I actually like would love to explore that idea, but it, it could be dangerous in some ins- uh, some cases, obviously. But at the same time, <coughs> um, yeah, belief is an interesting, like placebo is an interesting uh, concept. Yeah. But I also, I think it, a real scientist will understand, like, I'm not one, but uh, the depth of that word, like what placebo actually means, it's not just like, uh, it's like a, a weird phenomenon that we're talking about, which is like, when I believe this thing then it actually happens kind of like there's this weird interaction yeah. with the unfolding of reality that we have with our psyche right um, that the placebo yeah. is if that yeah. Makes sense. yeah yeah and that it actually yeah has like measurable results and um that's kind of like the divine seed of creation in every moment in every mind you know which saves, or which is what gives us free will. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because we have, well, we were talking about this, like, if we exist within a fourth, a fourth dimensional object where time and space exist within that, um, then outside of that time, like, the future and past exist all, and the present exist all at once or in one pinpoint or whatever. And so isn't our future predestined isn't that all yeah already written in the clouds or in the stones or whatever they say but then we were talking about that creative impulse like i've actually started to see it like this where we actually are channeling something from outside of the fourth dimension as in Mm. there's only one way to change what's predestined and that's through divine creativity that is found outside of this realm like everything all of life is it being channeled into this dimension from the outer dimension or something like that if that makes sense yeah yeah i <laughs> i get behind that yeah for sure yeah. i don't um, even know if i made any sense just really but i don't know yeah i'm not smart enough for dimension talk <laughs> <laughs> i probably shouldn't um. pretend like i am either um yeah. <laughs> Anything else you want to? Or unless you're on a. No, I'm. I'm at a uh, loss of words. I don't know where I'm. Well, trying I want to go. Take you back to what you're doing, because we were talking about your studio, and then I interrupted you about um, anxiety. Anxiety. Exactly. So going back to you're renting out a studio. You're right. talking about creating um, maybe a space to help cultivate more. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, my hope is that um, this space can be a place where we can have events and kind of bring people together and um, in the spirit of art and music and um, small businesses even, you know, and just like people doing their thing. And 
and just trying to meet all the people out here that are doing the thing and create, yeah, like um, more of a family, creative mm-hmm. community. Um, and so that's that's been on my mind a lot with this whole studio thing because, you know, it's an investment, like paying two rents now, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of crazy. But I think it will be worth it. And, uh, and it also I think it will be good for me because the other thing I have to do right now is be more extroverted and community minded, but also be like Tucked away. solitary and like working because I have like so many paintings in my mind that like need to be expressed. Um, and the only way that it's going to happen is if I'm kind of like um, surrender my will to it, like kind of um, that's hard, you know, it's hard work. Um, and you have to like sacrifice for it. So just being really focused and driven and I think commuting to like a studio and having like more intention with going there, um, and like cultivating a space that's like supportive and hopefully not as distracting, um, will be really helpful. And so, yeah, I mean, basically I'm just trying to just make a lot of art and um, and find new ways to share it and connect with other artists and um, kind of just contribute to the blossoming of, um, I guess, the art scene here. And on a more macro level, um, I feel like you're going to ask me this question anyway, like a macro view of my art, but it's kind of like, um, contributing to the blossoming of whatever is happening with like human consciousness right now, which I think is like on the precipice of like a new state or like a new evolution or something like people are changing, culture's changing and, um, yeah, I kind of just see myself as like a node in that uh, plant that's growing into being, and uh, yeah. yeah. Do you think of yourself as, or your art macro, like pulling people along? Like, is the utility of the art to continue to bring people up and like with the movement, if you will? Uh, yeah, I mean, I hope so. Or is it more of a documentation of it? Yeah, I would say if at the bare minimum, it's just a documentation. Uh-huh. Um, even that would be fulfilling. Sure. Just to know that I'm taking the innermost things from my soul and putting them outside and just saying this exists. Right. And uh, this should exist externally because... I don't know. It's kind of what maybe is what's happening is more freedom of creativity is happening on a macro scale or like just more people doing, hopefully doing, you know, what their soul desires, Uh which only they can do, right? 
And so the more people that do that, the like richer this like ecosystem is. Right. And um, and more soulful and more passionate and more inspired and inspiring and just you know that's the kind of world I want to live in. So. But yeah, I mean, if it pulls people along and people are inspired by the art that I make, and um, that's awesome. Yeah, that that's like that would be extremely fulfilling to me. Um, but that's not the main intention. Uh-huh. Um, it's just like a nice validation. Sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. I love that. I hadn't necessarily had you articulate that with me and I think we share a very similar um, desire and or approach or macro um, outlook because like as you're saying that it's like I've just been thinking a lot about Greek like mythology just because I've been reading these books but um, it's like you're creating your own personal stories um and that's the only way we've ever known any history. Hmm. Or it's like, literally just saying like, I'm here, this is my experience, these are the internal beings and the internal um, images and I'm going to bring them out so that, um, so that we can continue to like understand ourselves as a human race. Yeah, yeah, and hmm, that's a, that's a good point, like the seeking to understand uh-huh. because that's what I do with my art for sure, like the exploration. Um, you run into things that you wouldn't expect and that you might not want to have found. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that brings more understanding and that brings like kind of like integration of the shadow, which is... Uh, totally what's going on with society and human humanity right is like integration of the feminine that we've been repressed, repressed. for so long yeah. yeah and like um atonement of all the fucked up evils that happened and that continue to happen and everyone trying to grapple with the idea that maybe the planet probably the planet is dying <laughs> because of us <laughs> yeah. um <laughs> And you know, a lot of people like are guilty for being human and being alive and stuff, and that's hard to wrestle with. And yeah, um, it's just a heavy time, man. Uh, and I don't know how to change it, but I think that not running from that is the best thing. Like trying to integrate it and. Um, I don't even know if I know what that means, but yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, what do you think about that? Integrating the shadow on a humanity scale. Yeah. I I mean, as you were saying it, it makes a lot of sense to me that that is needed. And I think as in like, you see polarization everywhere um which is kind of the opposite of integration but i think what happens is you have the earth opens up or like the the poli- the pol- politics open up and there's this 
um, crack that's opened up where the shadow then emerges out of it and that is probably a natural process that on a grand scale of humans like this is just popping into my head I have no idea but like I could see artists as sort of the function of the whole they their utility or their task is that integration for everyone else mm. if that makes sense okay <laughs> to show someone the demon that was in my dream and hopefully frighten them you know <laughs> yeah um is perhaps like the psyche trying to integrate into itself the the big psyche the collective psyche yeah um that's how I see it. I feel that when I feel the heavy suffering and pain of like something terrible, something tragic that happens, and I feel that heaviness from all around me, and I write a song that doesn't feel like my pain and suffering, but like a larger amount of people's pain and suffering, and then yeah. I share that, it's like um, I think of that as being it's like, hey, let's not look away from this pain and suffering. Let's connect yeah. from it yeah 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 that's that's a good way to to use that yeah to uh trauma bond <laughs> with the rest of the humans <laughs> yeah we're all, like, going, we're all going through the same we all shit. were birthed and have been screaming ever since <laughs> yeah we just learned how to shove that fear down and start articulating weird words to pretend like we're not terrified <laughs> Yeah, literally, it just goes from screaming to like weird sentences that That's are right. essentially saying like I'm scared and I'm full of fear and give me this, give me that. Um, it's kind of interesting. <laughs> We're just coping. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, like hungry, my toy, <laughs> yeah. uh, iPad. You know, whatever <laughs> to distract from. Uh, life how much it sucks to be a baby probably yeah <laughs> they probably fuck it. well just think about being a part of either w everything or nothing and then all of a sudden being ripped from that yeah, yeah. into your own oneness like by yourself right it's terrifying well it's probably also beautiful right like yeah um yeah it's the duality of our existence which is that it's both Sure. terrifying and also the most glorious most beautiful awesome thing ever yeah and you can't really get away with experiencing one without the other if yeah that makes sense. Yeah, yeah definitely so like me saying that about my my piano i also want to make beautiful love music that like everyone can come together in a different light yeah, yeah. for sure yeah me too and uh I <laughs> can't tell if you have um, something. I don't either. I'm uh I'm thinking about how my mom sees she's always like saying how my art is like dark. And uh Your I yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. I feel like your art is mostly pretty positive and like goofy and fun. Yeah. Um but definitely like dark sometimes. Sure. Um 
especially dude, when I was in college, I would do these self-portraits that were like uh, grim, <laughs> you know, and it was like weird. I want to see that. Yeah, I'll show you. They're in my house. The, um, it's cool because you can lay like the, there's probably like five of them or something, and uh, and they all have like a different like emotional quality to them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to huh. see. Uh, yeah, but some of them are like, I look like, like a. sick street person you know what i mean i, th- I was gonna say yeah. like a hopeless drug addict yeah, yeah. for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> i'm sure mine would have been the same <laughs> um yeah well that's right i i want to before we burn out i want to uh like plug yourself where where can people find you oh where... Randy? yeah okay i think it's a good time okay um sure. we can do another one soon yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so uh, I put all my art on Instagram, so it's at Trevor Dahl. So it's uh, T-R-E-V-O-R-D-A-H-H-H-L. That's your Instagram? Yeah. H-H-H? Yeah, Trevor Dahl. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, yeah, I have a website, uh, goodhappystuff.com. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, Any events or um, you got some stickers that are gonna be popping up, hopefully. Yeah, we don't know for sure yet. Yeah, they're they're gonna be in those sticker machines around town, um, but I don't know when or where. Uh. So just follow the Instagram, I guess. Um, cool stickers and yeah, a lot of new paintings coming soon, and hopefully a lot of art shows and fun events coming soon um so yeah yeah i feel like you're gonna be one of the people they'll be following on instagram if you're in salt lake and you want to like know what's happening on friday nights oh that'd be awesome i hope so yeah i could see that where it's like yeah go check out trevor's page to see what's happening where all the cool kids are at (laughs) oh yeah um unless you have maybe one thing that you've been wanting to share that I haven't asked you about or anything like that. Well, I thought we would talk more about cognitive function, uh, which I was excited to, but we don't have to. We can uh, a little bit if you want to. I, um, I want to hurry and check what time we're sure, at. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in that, we're still rolling. We're at 122. Yeah, let's, I mean, I wanted to talk a little bit about... Well, what time is it? Oh, hmm. So maybe not, huh? We could do another one and talk about cognitive function. Okay, yeah, but let's let's call it because I got to go to the figure drawing and figure drawing, yeah. see if they need help setting up. Okay. Um, yeah, there was only one time during the whole conversation where I was gonna bring up your personality uh, type, but uh, I can't remember what it was. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, for another time. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested in why you want to talk about it. Is it because... Um, um, is it because it, it's fun to have a framework for understanding you as an artist, kind of? Yeah, I guess so. Or just me as a person. Yeah. Um, because I just think everyone should 
be into it, you I know. know. Uh, like it's so helpful. Dude. Yeah, it's uh, it's really changed a lot of how I um understand myself and understand other people and can relate to people and so. Yeah, well, um, I think a lot of what we talked about this whole time is obvious introverted intuition stuff, which yeah. um, anyone listening that really resonates with the kind of conversations we're having and isn't bored by now is probably an intuitive type, whether that be introverted or extroverted. Um, you're an INFJ, and I know we got to go soon, but because we've talked about it now, people are probably curious, but like INFJ is... The cognitive functions are introverted intuition. As a dominant, the secondary is extroverted feeling. The third is introverted thinking. And the fourth function is extroverted sensing. Um, oh, I remembered when I wanted to bring it up. When you were talking about finding, or like what was really good for your anxiety was getting into your body and oh, yeah. physically pushing yourself. Sensing and also extroverted feeling. Yeah. Which is like the whole selflessness Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. Moving into that second function and the fourth function, I often give the advice to just focus on the second one because sometimes that fourth one can be very exhausting, which I've, I've been very envious of both or all of the introverted intuitive drivers that I know as in their dominant function is introverted intuition is that you guys seem to receive a lot of energy or spiritual connection through extroverted sensing, which is like getting into your body and pushing yourself yeah. and um, when I get into my introverted sensing of like reviewing my past and like um, my past sensory data, um, going inward and playing a memory over and over and over again to like try to perceive new information from that experience, hmm. I tend to get incredibly exhausted, hmm. um, which is my fourth function. So I've always, I've been like, I think it's really cool that you can find spiritual and um, psychological like uh, health and healing through that fourth function of extroverted sensing. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's awesome, and uh, <laughs> and I love it. And uh, when I discovered those things about myself, I didn't know about cognitive function, and uh, it's cool to connect that now. Yeah, um, and kind of reaffirms the framework and. It's, yeah, kind of like maybe just to say that the things that work for me are going to, different things are going to work for other people. And if you know your type and you understand like the car model and the drivers and the passenger and the backseat and all that stuff, um, it can help you lean into your strengths and know your weaknesses and just kind of like, make yourself better more efficient uh more more functioning high functioning individual i guess yeah yeah no i completely agree it's it's like a i mean personality hacker calls it genius style assessment so it's like we're going to figure out exactly what your genius is the thing that you should be bringing to community like we were kind of talking about it's like if everyone showed up bringing what they're supposed to be bringing mm -hmm. and personality type actually it's a blueprint of what you need to be moving into. And like you're saying, it actually happens naturally over time, yeah. but you can speed it up. Yeah. Like, especially if you're in a loop and like you're stuck and you're yeah, not maturing yeah. and, and you're not quite sure why. Learning your type is so beneficial. And I think also to be accepted and understood 
by yourself. That was huge for me when I learned my type. I was like, I was like, oh, all of these things that I've always thought were um, negative characteristics are actually positives that I have um, been ashamed of. Mm. And then when I started to use them as positive characteristics, my whole life changed. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I guess to finish it up, uh, if anyone doesn't know about that, um, Personality Hackers is good. And also, um, you probably know if you're here, but Jared's uh, TikTok page is pretty good for that, too. So, Yeah, thanks, man. Yeah. You're like, put, yeah, all of a sudden, this is uh, you're flipping the, the page on me here. What is, what is I'm trying to say? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you got me into type, so yeah, there's full circle. Cool. So. Yeah, if anyone isn't interested, I do... I can type you in person. That's the best way to do it. Or not in person, but like over Zoom uh, through like an hour and a half conversation um, where I slowly pinpoint what cognitive functions you're using um, and then work with you to figure it out. I'm not going to be able to tell you what your best fit type is. You're going to have to tell me and I'm going to like help you find what your best fit type is. I think that can be a lot of people's issues, especially someone like me who... It's like, well, we're all so different. We all have our own unique twists and turns, and um, a framework is so overly simplified. Like, how could it possibly be helpful? Um, but as I've applied it more and more and more, it's become... and it, Which is in, interesting. The way I apply it more and more is by backing off more and more. So it's like mm. I'm really using it just as a framework yeah. um, and not as, like, it's not that I would only date these types of people. Yeah. It's like, I'm just like, oh, I know how to interface with that type of person and that type of person and that type of person. And so I could really date anyone. Um, yeah. Which is really cool. Um, anyway, thank you for talking with me. I yeah. actually, it's so fun to be friends, like best friends for the last year and known each other for two years and still not have had some of the conversations that we just had. I think yeah, that's for cool. sure. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. It's fun. Have a lovely evening, everybody. Or morning or afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>